0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Masbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. I'm so very thankful and happy that I can minister to you today. Again, the word of the Lord. And I think this is a very important message for you, for me. Uh, maybe now at this moment or maybe at a later moment, But I know this is really a word of the Lord, and every word that we bring from the Bible is a word of the Lord. But there are those words of the Lord that we bring at certain times and seasons, and we know this is such an important message for now, now, at this moment in our life. And even though we go back to a story long time ago in history, it can be for today. It can be for you specifically this day for you, because God wants to do a miracle in your life. I'm so very thankful for the many miracles God has done in and through my life and the ministry that he gave me to do. Really, I can tell you from a young age, I could recognize the presence and the hand of God in my life through miracles, signs and wonders that he did. He He was not just some one that was a, a present unseeable, but he was there. I could see the Lord in the way he moved his hand in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. And I tell you, dear brother, dear sister, if you're listening to this broadcast, I also want you to start looking to your life and to see the presence of God through the miracles that he has done in your life. Start to see where his hand has moved in your life. And that movement of his hand also confirms his presence in your life. And there are many miracles that we can see that God has done. But I always say the greatest miracles, most probably, the Lord has done without me even noticing it, without me even knowing it or seeing it. And those are some of the greatest miracles, how he protected me from doing something, from saying something, from going somewhere from taking a position in a certain matter, a certain case, that he prevented me for doing that. And that's exactly what I want to speak about today. It is the preventing of the Lord in our life of certain things that keeps us from harm. And that's a great miracle. I tell you, that is a wonderful grace that has been given to us. When we talk about grace, and in Holland, we have one word for that. I know in English, you have grace and mercy. In Holland, there's just one word for that. But when we talk about grace, we most of the time think of the grace we receive when we have done something wrong. And there is the grace of the Lord to forgive us and to give us a new start. And I'm so thankful for that. And let me tell you, God has done that in my life. And I'm sure also in your life that we made a mess of it, that we made some wrong choices or some. Times we didn't even know that we were falling into a trap, but we fell into a trap, but God's grace was there, and he forgave us, and he gave us a new start, and praise the Lord, all those things are in the past, and they are in the sea of forgetfulness that he never remembers them again. The blood of Jesus, hallelujah, washes of all sin, all iniquity, all wrongdoing, every guilt, every shame, it is washed away. By the blood of Jesus, praise the Lord. But there is another grace, and I would like to call that today preventative grace. There is a grace that prevents us, and that's also a wonderful grace to have in your life, to receive in your life, but also to see that grace moving in your life. You need to start seeing how that grace of the Lord has protected you. Maybe you would have taken a position against the church by what people were saying about the church, but the Lord prevented you from being one with them in their tongue, their evil tongue. Oh, that evil tongue, I tell you, maybe nobody has seen it. Maybe you didn't even speak it aloud, but you typed it in, but the Lord knows that evil tongue and there is a reckoning day. There is a day that we need to pay the price when we say these evil things about our brothers, about our sisters, and especially also about the anointed of the Lord. Maybe you almost, because of disappointment or because of hurt or some other situation, your anger was aroused and you wanted to say something evil or go against the anointed of the Lord. But the Lord was there with his grace to prevent you from saying that, from doing that, from taking that position. I tell you, by by, by saying those things against the anointed of the Lord, you also take a position against the anointed of the Lord. And you're not just doing it against the anointed of the Lord, but you're doing it against the Lord himself. Oh, so many people don't realize these things, but the grace of the Lord was there in your life. And because of something that maybe it looks like chance or it looks like luck or it looks like, well... The situation was just so and so that it prevented me from taking that position by my tongue. But I tell you, it was not luck. It was not chance. It was not just because of the situation. It was because of the grace of the Lord, because of preventative grace that God kept you from saying those things, from taking that position that you don't have to pay the price for them. Oh, hallelujah for that. And it can be so many other things, of course. But I just wanted to take two things that people don't always think of when we speak about these things. But this is very important because I have seen in my life so many people take the wrong position and they have lost everything. Oh, I tell you, they have lost everything. My dear friend, my brother, and my sister, don't think that that day of reckoning will not come. Don't think even if men have forgiven you or let it go that God lets these things go. When you say something about his body, when you say something about his anointing or his anointed one, I should say, I tell you, my friend, oh, the Lord will visit us and it will not be a pleasant visitation, but you will have to pay the price and maybe you get away with it, but it will come to your children or your children's children and they will have to pay the price but of course there are many other things for which the lord wants to prevent us and keep us from harm that we don't come into difficulties and i would like to go to a very beautiful and important story in first samuel chapter 25 and i would encourage you to read that whole chapter because it's a beautiful story and every verse has something important in it but I just want to tell you the story just to give you a little background and backdrop so you will understand exactly that point about preventative grace. David, he was already anointed to be king, but Saul was still sitting on the throne, and there was a fight there. You know that Saul didn't want to let go. The spirit of the Lord had departed from him, and Saul was in dire strait because he knew the Lord had departed from him. Samuel, the prophet had already told Saul, God has taken your kingdom away from you and he has given it to someone else, someone who is better than you. And the anointing was on David. It says that Samuel anointed David and the spirit of the Lord fell upon David and it did not leave him until his dying day. Hallelujah for him. I tell you, there is a difference between the anointing of the Lord that was on David and the anointing of the Lord that was on Saul. Saul, when he was among the prophets, it says the anointing of the Lord was there upon Saul and he also prophesied. But when the prophets were gone, the anointing was gone. But not so with David. David was anointed by Samuel and it says the Spirit of the Lord fell upon him. The anointing was there and it did not leave him anymore. It didn't matter if he was with prophets or not, if he was in the church or outside of the church, that spirit of the Lord, the anointing, the presence of God was there always, all the time. This is how we should live. That's why David is such an important example for us, for a spirit-filled Christian in the Old Testament. And how much more we today can have that presence of the Lord with us now that Jesus has already made the way clear and open for us to have the Holy Spirit dwell within us. We have become the temples of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, I rejoice when I say these words. So David was anointed. And the anointing was there, but he was treated like an outlaw and he was fleeing from Saul. He did not leave Saul or ran away from Saul because he wanted to become great himself, because he wanted to have his own name in neon, as we would say in these days. You want to have your own name on top of the building. You want to have your own name there and be glorified. No, David was not such a man. He was a humble man. He was serving Saul, but twice already Saul threw his spear at David because he wanted to kill the anointed one of the Lord. He was so angry at David. And you would ask, why was Saul so angry at David? David did nothing wrong. David only served Saul. David did not want to take the throne from Saul. He didn't want to take the scepter out of his hand. He was happy by serving Saul. And he didn't mind to take that position and that place. But God had exalted David, and God had left Saul. And so Saul felt that. He felt that presence of the Lord that he longed for inside of David, and he had lost it. And he saw how the kingdom would go to David, and not just from him, but also from his seed, from his children. And Saul didn't want that. He wanted the kingdom for his lineage. He wanted his children to sit on the throne, and he was not willing to bow before the Lord and to surrender. If he would have bowed before the Lord, if he would have repented, if he would have asked forgiveness, the whole story could have gone so different. But this is not the heart of Saul. The heart of Saul was someone who was after the loot. He was after the glory of man. He was after the money or the riches or materialism or whatever you would say in those days. He was after the earthly things. And he was a prideful man. But David was a humble man. When Saul sinned, he says to Samuel, oh, Samuel, please walk with me back to the temple or back home so the people won't see that the Lord has left me. He was so focused on the mind of the people and what people would say or think of him. But not David. When David had sinned and Nathan, the prophet, comes and says, you have sinned, David, he falls on his knees. He says, I have sinned against the Lord. Oh, God, forgive me, Lord. You can take everything you want away from me, but don't take your presence, your Holy Spirit, away from me. You see the difference between these two men. And so it's important to see that difference And to find out what kind of a man are you? What kind of a woman are you? Are you one in the anointing of Saul when you're in church? It's all hallelujah, praise the Lord. But when you're at home or with your other friends, your colleagues at work, you would hardly recognize you to be a child of God, to be a Christian. Or are you a David, someone who walks in the anointing, in the power, in the presence of God all the time? Hallelujah. Oh, what an example to follow there. And so David, he was treated as an outlaw. Saul was after him, wanted to kill him. But every time David, oh, he gives his case into the hands of the Almighty One. He doesn't want to revenge himself. He doesn't want to take matters into his own hands. No, he's fleeing. He doesn't want to touch the anointed of the Lord. Oh, we see at one part when he is hiding in a cave. And Saul comes in that cave and falls asleep there, that he cuts a piece of the robe of Saul. And later on, he says, Saul, I have that piece of your robe, but you know, I didn't hurt you. I didn't harm you because I could have killed you, but I I don't want to do that because I don't want to touch the anointed one of the Lord. You are the anointed one. You are the king. Even though the anointing had already left him, he still acknowledges him as the uh, one that is appointed by God. And he doesn't want to touch him. He doesn't want to take matters into his own hands. He says, it's you, Saul. I will serve you. I won't take it out of your hands. And so even later, he repents that he even cut a piece of the robe of Saul. And again, this happens in a little different way, but it's the same principle that happens there. And so many times David could have touched the anointed of the Lord, But every time he says, I will not do this. I will not commit this sin. I will not take matters into my own hand. The Lord is my vengeance. The Lord will take matters into his hand, my matters into his hand. And let's believe the same for us today. Let's believe today that the Lord still takes our case, our situation, our enemies, our problems, our Things at work or at home that he takes it into his hands and he will deal with it, that we will not commit sin. And this story is so important to read and to know and to find out because David almost came to a point here to take matters into his own hand. But luckily, or I would say, blessed is he that the Lord was there with preventative grace to keep him from sinning, from taking matters into his hands, which would have come to him later on a later date. The day of reckoning would have come and he would have paid the price and his conscience would have eaten at him and, and would have caused him to walk around with shame and with guilt and would have hurt his inner man. But praise the Lord, David was free and stayed free because of the preventative grace of the Lord. Well, I'm going to pray for you right now, but in the next session, in my next broadcast, I will go into the story itself and prove out of the word of the Lord through this story, how preventative grace was there and how it can be with you and how it is with you and can be with you if you will see it and if you will obey it, listen to it and move in it And the Lord will protect you from a lot of harm. And Lord, I just want to pray for my listener right now. Oh, you know the situation they are in. And maybe there is something. It be in their church or between them and their pastor, or maybe at home between the marriage couple, or maybe between them and their children or vice versa. Maybe it's at work where something has aroused them to anger and they want to take matters into their own hand. But Lord, you are giving this message today and next week to teach them and tell them, oh, wait for me. Oh, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't take matters into your own hands. You have an heavenly advocate. Jesus Christ is there, and he will serve you well, that he will take these cases, these matters into his hand, and he will make you to overcome Oh, he will make you a victor in these situations. Don't take matters into your own hands, but put it in the hand of the Lord, and he will take care of you in wonderful ways that you didn't even think possible. Oh, Lord, give them rest right now. Give them peace right now. Help them to let go of that anger or that disappointment or that hurt and to trust you Because I know you will make all things wonderfully well for them. Lord, I pray as they read 1 Samuel chapter 25, that you will minister to them and that you will show them that secret that is hidden in that chapter, how you will take care of them today as they give the matter into your hands and that you will make all things wonderfully well for them. Thank you for this and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com.